What's going on, everybody? This is the Gorilla Man, and you're listening to the Gorilla Man Podcast slash B&B Sports Show Podcast minus the other B. I'm running solo tonight, but there's a good reason. My other co-host had some prior arrangements tomorrow morning, so he couldn't stay up to do the podcast, which is fine. We'll go ahead and get our uh, picks and other selections and upsets from last week um, up up and take care of the selection. So anyways, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, for the NFL Week 4 2019 picks, um, the first game is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Green Bay Packers. On this game, I'm going to go for the Green Bay Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers and that uh, defense. They're every, everybody's Everything's clicking on that team right now. Um, a lot of people picked the Green Bay Packers to finish last in the division, or at least second to last, uh, only time with the Lions. And it just so happens that that whole division is so far looking pretty decent. Um it's hard to hard to really know what um, what this team's going to do later in the season, but for right now, Aaron Rodgers looks like his uh, 2010 performance type uh, player. So kudos to them. Also, the Eagles they've gotten so many injuries on all sides. Um, I know their offensive players, a lot of wide receivers are injured, Deshaun Jackson and Aguilar and all them guys, they're all injured right now, so uh, it's it's going to be a shootout, but I, I think the Green Bay Packers will pull this one out. Um, so then moving on to the Tennessee Titans versus the Atlanta Falcons, um, I'm also, I'm going to take the Falcons on this one. Um... Matt Ryan and Julio Jones seem to be having a pretty good connection together. They won last week. Um, they're starting to get everything kind of rolling a little bit. Defense needs to step up a little better, but uh, I think they'll have a pretty easy going, especially uh, against Tennessee, means that uh, last... Uh, I can't remember if it was last Thursday night game... Um, Marcus Mariota was sacked nearly nine times in that game. So they're struggling on all sides. I don't, I I think I would probably give it another week before Ryan Tannehill starts for the Tennessee Titans. All right, so moving on, uh, we're going to go over to the AFC East. The New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills, both teams being undefeated. Um, I honestly think this game is going to be one of the best games of the week. Um, Can the Buffalo Bills win this game? Yes, but I don't think they will. Tom Brady has pretty much owned them since he's been in the league, and I hate to admit it. But uh, I, I don't think that that stops anytime soon with this rivalry. So 
take the Patriots to win it by touchdown. I oh, gotta make makes me feel sick even saying that. So <laughs> I hate this shit. Anyways, so moving back to uh, the next game is the Kansas City Chiefs versus Detroit Lions. Uh, both teams are undefeated again, but uh, Kansas City, wow. I mean, even with their key players being out, Tyreek Hill being injured, um, then you got their uh, Damian Williams, their running back was injured. You got got a lot of key players that are hurt, but they just keep bringing in new guys and they just just destroy teams. So I look for this game to be a another example of how good Kansas City really is. And I had them winning at least by 25 points over the Detroit Lions. So the next game we have the Oakland Raiders versus the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Ben always gives me shit when I say this, but Brisket, I always say Brissette, instead of Brissette, I say Brisket. Um, He's been pretty impressive. I have to give him some credit. Um, The Raiders, they're just not there right now. Derek Carr just is not the quarterback to take with them to Las Vegas next year. I think uh, John Gruden knows it, and I honestly think that this is going to be Derek Carr's last season as a Raider. I think they're going to be trying to pursue a quarterback through the draft next year. And, I mean, well, I'm sure Carr will probably still remain on the team, but I think that his... uh, Starting days are going to start being numbered. He just isn't clicking well with this offense. So I am taking the Indianapolis Colts in this game. Should be an interesting one, though, to say the least. So then moving on, we have the Los Angeles Chargers against my Miami Dolphins. The tanking Dolphins. Um... I look for the Dolphins to have a little bit better uh, game this this week. Um, Josh Rosen should be a second week starting. I think that he'll come out there and he'll perform well, but uh, we're still probably going to lose by at least 20 points or better. Hopefully defense steps up a little better this week and limits... Philip Rivers to at least three touchdowns, hopefully. I don't see it happening, but hey, I'm trying to be modest or whatever, so. Alright, moving on to the next game. The Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. Uh, I'll tell you what, that Daniels, he's been one impressive kid. Um, watching him come back last week against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, Ben, if you guys remember, on the last episode, was giving me shit, because I told him that was going to be my upset pick. Well, I didn't really see upset, but I, I was picking the Giants to win against them, and he didn't believe me. He's like, you're picking the fucking Giants? You know, and like I said, it was going to be their first one of the season. You looking laughed about it. Well, who's laughing now, Ben? Ha <laughs> ha, motherfucker. So I'm going to roll with the Giants again. And I got them beating the Washington Redskins. I just 
I don't know. They just struggled so much on offense, and they got their asses handed to them against the Bears. So it's a, it's definitely going to be an interesting game, but I still have the Giants pulling it off. Even without Saquon Barkley, I think they can pull it off. So then we're going to be moving on to the next game, which is... The Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Browns, like I said, they've been a fucking, I don't know what you would call it, pretty much a paper champ. You know, like everything good on paper, but they're really, I don't know. They haven't been up to par what they're trying to proclaim that they're going to be this season. So I'm definitely taking the Baltimore Ravens in this game. And I think it's going to be a huge win. I think it's going to be probably upwards of like 35 points, maybe a little more. Don't quote me on it. Don't, you know, like I said, I'm not a professional. This is all for fun. Don't make any bets based off of what I say. Although I did go, I did win 12 games and I did win my uh, weekly pick'em. So I did better than uh, Ben, which he only had, I believe, 10 wins. So, hey, I'm pretty good. Last week anyways. (laughs) So, yep, definitely taking the Baltimore Ravens on that game. And then we have... The Carolina Panthers at the Houston Texans. Well, Cam Newton's not starting for another week, which is kind of a good thing for the Panthers because he has struggled every single week since preseason, since he went down in preseason with that uh, ankle injury. Um, I say they keep him out for another couple more weeks get him healthy enough to where he can actually run the ball and be dominant on that fucking side. So, um, I think Carolina winning last week was kind of a fluke. I think they'll come crashing down to reality here this week against Houston. I got Houston winning by two touchdowns. All right, so... Tampa Buccaneers versus the Los Angeles Rams. Again, Tampa Bay, they let a rookie come back on them. Jameis Winston, he had some pretty good good throws to Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans, I believe, had the most wide receiver catches of last week for, for the team or whatever. So it's like 189 yards and like two touchdowns or something like that. I'd say he's pretty decent, so, but that ain't going to be enough to take out the the powerful Los Angeles Rams defense. If they can get stuff going on offense, get Gurley going, soon, like quick in the game or whatever, early in the game, and then I think that Tampa Bay is just going to get worn out and the Rams take it. So I got them winning by at least a touchdown. Uh, Then we got the Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. Just another game. 
to show that uh, Murray is kind of a bust when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. I think Oklahoma quarterbacks in general are kind of a bust. No offense to my brother-in-law, who was a diehard Oklahoma fan. But uh, Kyler Murray, he's just... He's an average quarterback. He's kind of like Baker. It's kind of a flash in the pan, you know, good for the moment. But I can't necessarily throw uh, Murray down the fucking rabbit hole with, like, with Baker or Johnny Manziel or anybody like that because it's his first season. He's a rookie. You know, it's going to take a little time to get all the key players in motion. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is still playing like a fucking 22-year-old, you know, and he's in his 30s. So, I mean, the dude can ball, and, and I really wish nothing but the best for, for Larry. I really hope that he can eventually get a Super Bowl ring, but I don't see it being with the Carolina, or the Cardinals or whatever. So, anyways, um, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Seattle Seahawks in that game. They barely lost last week, so I think that they'll pull this one around. Okay, so then we go from there to the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. As much as I would like to pick the Chicago Bears um, with that defense and how good they are, I just think that uh, they don't have enough offense to match their defense. And Minnesota Vikings is pretty good on both sides of the ball. They've been running it well. They've been throwing and having plenty of good good throws and catches by uh, Ben's boyfriend, Kirk Cousin. <laughs> um, so definitely, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the Vikings. I know a lot of Bear fans are gonna be like, "Yo, you're fucking gonna lose that one," but I just. I don't think the Bears are going to be as good as a lot of people think they that they are this season. So, it's definitely taking the Vikings on this one. Okay, so now we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos have been kind of shit on the last few weeks by a lot of teams. They haven't won a game yet. They got screwed over. As I tried explaining in, in our previous episode about how they got screwed over against the Bears. And it's part of life. It sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. I just think that the Jacksonville Jaguars have a little bit too much, uh, I don't know, they just have a little too much swag, uh, swag going on right now with uh, Minshew or whatever the fuck you pronounce his name. Um... He's brought, a, he's brought a new spark to that team. And uh, he's fucking definitely uh, definitely going to be a special kid. I don't know. Hopefully he can hold on and keep his fucking starting position, you know, and just keep uh, the old backup fucking Nick Foles as a permanent backup come in when he needs to, when he needs to, or whatever, like he did for, for the Eagles, so, um, just rambling, sorry, my bad, but I'm gonna go with the Jacksonville Jaguars on this one, I just think that they're gonna be able to 
play them just too tough or whatever. Denver's just not the same Denver that they were a few years ago. So, Okay, so then we got a pretty interesting game that I would say, like, I would 100%. I know Hunter, one of my admins that happens to be a Saints fan, I would I would definitely go for the Saints in this game had uh, Drew Brees not gotten injured. But the Cowboys have been playing really decent. Um, they, you know, we played them pretty tough last week. Um, then second half came out and they just completely shit canned us. But then again, we pretty much gave up. And, I think that was just our, our game plan in general. Put up a fight for, for the first two quarters, make it close, and then let them blow us out. Yeah, it's not like it's a conspiracy theory or a fucking, I don't know, hater or whatever you want to call me. But when you see a team, how they're playing for the first two quarters, and you see, like, they're hard to give it any cushion for Dak Prescott to throw to any of his receivers. The fucking defenders were all over them. Some were pass interference calls, so you knew they were really all over them, but you just noticed that they weren't giving them much cushion and much room to fucking pass the ball in the first first half. That's why going into half, it was 10-6. to six. And then come out in the second half, I mean, you could say, oh, they changed their fucking game plan or whatever made some adjustments which is probably what they did but when you're given a, a receiver 15 yards of cushion for Dak Prescott to throw to his receiver kind of seems a little fishy to me I mean the, the tape doesn't lie hardly any of the defenders were even remotely in the area of a wide open receivers it's like they just gave up. Anyways, I'm rambling. I'm still pissed that my Dolphins are tanking this season. It fucking sucks. It's just what it is, I guess, you know. So anyways, I think Teddy Bridgewater's a decent backup quarterback. I don't think he'll be able to maintain the high scoring that the Dallas Cowboys are, are capable of, so... I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys in this game. It's going to be a close game. I say they win it by seven. And for the Monday night game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. Now to give you credit, uh, Mason Rudolph, he freaking, he came out there and put on a hell of a, hell of a performance against the uh, Ben's 49ers last week. Uh, the Steelers' defense caused five turnovers in that game. And the 49ers still managed to win. So that's either saying how bad the Steelers are or just how turnover-prone the 49ers were in that game. It's hard to tell. Um... Also, the the Jets and the 49ers have a bye week this week, so that's why we can't necessarily talk about them right now. So, But anyways, so the Steelers are at home. It's a rivalry game. These two teams hate each other. The fans hate each other. Hate They just 
all around. Everybody, this game is always a good game, even when both teams are really shitty. So, I'm looking forward to this game, to be honest with you. The one that I really look forward to most, for rivalry-wise, is the Steelers versus the, the Ravens. Um, because they hate each other too, but the Ravens are going to be way too good this season, so I don't think it really fucking matters. Um, but I still have the Steelers winning this game. I give it maybe a two touchdown, by maybe by two touchdowns or whatever. I just, it's hard to go against the Steelers at home. Bengals really ain't that great either, so... Both two, both, they're, I think they're both 0-3, so, yeah, it should be a decent, it should be a decent game. So then we have, uh, this last week in moving on to college sports, we had, uh, week four upsets, um, the Pittsburgh Panthers, they snapped, uh, Central Florida, uh, they had a 27-game regular season winning streak, with a stunning 35-34 home win over the previously number 15 ranked USC Knights. Pittsburgh closed a 10-point underdog, or they closed as a 10-point underdog, and used a trick play on fourth down in the final minute to pull an upset. And then also, if you, in case you missed the wildest game of the season so far, out west last week, UCLA rallied from a 32-point second-half deficit to shock Washington State 67-63. UCLA was a 19-point underdog, and the Bruins were being offered at 20-to-1 odds to win during in-game betting. A couple of guys actually won, uh, I think it was close to 8000 bucks or whatever, betting on UCLA in that game, so, it's pretty crazy, I watched that game, like, I was watching it from the first half, and it was just kind of like, Washington State was just coming out there and shit stomping them, and, uh, that Minshew or whatever from Jacksonville, their, their old quarterback from last season, he came to the game, raised the flag and all that stuff, so it was a really kind of a cool fucking game to watch um but man i tell you what that quarterback for ucla man he he took a licking in that game man he he was getting hit on almost every fucking play and he just got back up i mean he's a tough kid so i kind of like him i mean as much as uh chip kelly get got shit on in the nfl what he did with the eagles um He's starting to get back to that kind of mentality of like he like he used to have for Oregon when they were like the dominant team out there. So um, yeah, that was a hell of a fucking great game to watch. If you missed it, man, sucks to be you. So now we're going to be moving on to the uh, top twenty-five teams and their games or whatever. So. Starting with number 25, Michigan State versus Indiana. Um, Indiana, they're just, I don't know, they're just not as good as a lot of uh, other Big Ten teams. I mean, they're definitely good in basketball, but 
football-wise, they just ain't the greatest. So I'm going to take number 25, Michigan State, in this game and probably win by three touchdowns. So then moving to the number 24, number 24 ranked Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State played some pretty good game last uh, week against Texas. I know Ben picked them as his upset pick. Um, also, I think Texas A&M was also an uh, upset pick too, but I wasn't sure. But anyways, Texas ended up winning that game, by the way. Um... I'm going to have to stay with Kansas State. I just think that Oklahoma State is just, uh, they're going to be bummed out about losing to Texas last weekend. So I think they're going to have that consideration. So Texas, I say Kansas State will win this game by maybe a touchdown. So then uh, moving on to number 23, Texas A&M versus Arkansas in Arlington, Texas. So it's just going to be basically home field advantage for fucking Texas A&M. Um, I got Texas A&M winning big in this game. Arkansas just isn't, isn't the team that they used to be. All right, so then we move to the now 22-ranked UCF versus UConn. I think UCF is going to come out, and they're going to play tough. They're going to be pissed off that they lost last weekend. So I think that they're just going to shit-stomp UConn. Okay, moving to number 20, because 21 must have a bye. Oh, no, sorry, it's up there more. They have it all backwards. Um, So then we got the number 21s, uh, UCF, or what the hell? Oh, I'm sorry, there's two. I'll come to that game in a second. We'll go with uh, the number 20. We'll just jump up to 20, sorry. Michigan versus Rutgers. Um, Michigan got embarrassed last week against Wisconsin. So I think they're going to come out and they're going to play with a little heart. Plus it's Rutgers. Rutgers is not a good football team. So I think they're going to probably shit shit stomp them and win by 30. So then we'll move on to <clears throat> the number 19 game, 19th ranked Utah versus Washington State. Utah has been playing pretty decent. And Washington State, with them getting beat, I mean, obviously they don't have any defense on that team. After getting beat by UCLA, I mean, it dropped them way out of the top 25. I think they're going to be playing with a purpose, and they're going to put a hurting on Utah, in my opinion. I don't. I think Utah will probably play pretty decent, but I think Washington Washington State has the upset in this in this game. So, and then they'll be ranked in the top twenty-five again after this game. So now we're moving on to the number seventeen Washington. Versus the number 21, USC. USC's been playing really decent the last few weeks, so... I'm going to have to go... I'm going to roll with them. 
I don't really care for Washington playing in the Rose Bowl. So, yeah, I think USC's got this one. So then we're going to go to the number 15 California versus Arizona State. Arizona State lost to Colorado last week, knocking them out of the top 25. Arizona State's been playing some damn good ball. California's playing really good, too. But I looked for Arizona State with the upset over California. Moving on to my favorite team, number 14, Iowa fucking Hawkeyes versus Middle Tennessee. It's not even a contest. We're going to win by at least 30 points. Moving on to the number 12 ranked, 12th ranked Penn State at Maryland. Maryland showed a lot of promise in the beginning of the season. They were blowing teams out left and right. Then they came into conference play and got shit stomped. So I think that's going to probably happen again. I got Penn State winning by at least two touchdowns. And we got another good game coming on. We have the number 10 Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus Virginia. Notre Dame, after losing last week to a very good Georgia Bulldogs, I think they're going to be looking for a little bit of vengeance. and They're going to come out and probably beat Virginia by, I'd say, at least two touchdowns. But then again, it is college, so it'll probably be a blowout and win by 40. So then we have, I don't even know why I have to talk about this one, but the number ninth ranked Florida Gators versus Towson, wherever the fuck that is. Florida big, 50 points. Then you got, uh, no, wow. Number eight, Wisconsin versus Northwestern. Wisconsin is going to shit stomp fucking Northwestern and fucking douchebag Pat Fitzpatrick or whatever the fuck his faggot ass name is. Can't stand him. Anyways, Wisconsin's going to win big. 45 points or better. But then again, this could be a trap game, too. Northwestern always seems to make an upset every once in a while at their home stadium. But I don't see it. Wisconsin wins big. So then we have the number seven Auburn Tigers versus Mississippi State. Auburn with their quarterback. He's been pretty, pretty decent so far this season, so... I'd say Auburn wins by a touchdown. Then we have the number six Oklahoma Sooners versus Texas Tech. This one should be an alright game. It will probably be Oklahoma winning with maybe a two to three touchdowns. Should be a good game though. And then we have the place where game day is being held on Saturday morning. Number five, 
the fifth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes at the Nebraska Cornfuckers. Yeah, I know, it's the Cornhuskers, but I can't stand the cocksuckers. Ohio State is going to defrost Frost and win big in Nebraska by five touchdowns. Then we have the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide versus Old Miss. Not even a problem. Alabama wins by five touchdowns. Then we have the number one ranked Clemson Tigers at North Carolina. Clemson is just too much for any team right now on both sides of the ball. I got Clemson winning by four touchdowns. And then in recent news, we've had uh, a couple of uh, fucked up situations, I would say. Um, Basically, this Connor King kid... He uh, was basically just doing like a an advertisement thing, and not really advertisement thing. He was just like making a funny sign that game day here in in uh, Ames, Iowa, a few weeks ago for game day, and uh, he did like a Vimo PayPal thing or whatever. Just like he wants his uh, he wanted to get like a Bud Light replenished or Bush Light. I'm sorry, um, and. He was just doing it as a joke. Well, people started donating money, and it eventually started getting into the thousands of dollars. So he said, you know, like, I just want enough for just one one case of beer, and I will donate whatever else they give him to the Iowa Steeds Family uh, Children's Hospital in Iowa City, which is pretty cool because, you know, the kid's a... Iowa State Cyclone fan and you know it's a huge rivalry but the best thing that you could do for for the kids you know I mean it's it's all about the kids in this situation so what he was doing was like pretty much really great stuff you know for uh, for the kids in a sense so anyways, he uh, started donating. He said he was going to donate all the money to the Iowa Steve's Children's uh, Hospital. So then Bush Light sees his his uh, post or whatever. And so they say that they're going to match anything that is being donated to Connor, um, Connor King, and it started getting up there in like the three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars mark, and it was really, really a cool freaking thing. So then Vimo also said that they would they would match a percentage or whatever of whatever they they raised. So long story short, it got all the way to like one point two million dollars and yesterday some Aaron Calvin douchebag fucking liberal p 
piece of fucking shit from the Des Moines Register wrote some, uh, I guess he did some digging into Connor King's, uh, past or whatever when he, um, he basically, he tweeted something when he was a sophomore in high school and he was 16. Tweeted, uh, some, uh, basically some racist, I wouldn't really, I mean, I guess it was kind of, I don't know, everyone says everything's racist nowadays, but. It was just basically some uh, immature stuff that he got off of Tosh.0, which happens to be a very funny uh, show on Comedy Central. And he tweeted, basically, or retweeted something that Tosh had said on his show, which kind of, like, basically said that uh, comparing black women to to um, gorillas or, or monkeys or something like that, Anyways, it, the whole story got blown out of proportion. Well, this Aaron douchebag decided to go and basically go back to, like, 2011 when Connor was 16 again in high school. And then he made the report and brought it to to Connor's attention or whatever. And then Connor deleted his, his tweets and he apologized, went on the news and all that stuff. Well, the thing that I'm trying to understand is, why would you go out and basically, so so here's what I understand from, from what I'm hearing from this whole situation. This Aaron douchebag fucking sees his tweets. He basically... Writes a, a hate a smear article on something that you know that uh, Connor's doing for these kids. And then he goes and contacts Bush Light or Anheuser Bush, shows them the things that he he tweeted when he was sixteen. So then Bush Light fucking pulls out of the deal because they were gonna match everything. That was donated into that Vimo account. So then. He basically just like a little tattletale. A little pussy bitch. And. Showed all these fucking tweets. That he fucking. That, that uh, <clears throat> Connor had fucking said. When he was 16. And. The whole situation is just like. It's all blown out of proportion. You know like. Who in their right fucking mind thinks about the stuff that they post when you're when they're 16 i remember when i was 16 thank fucking god social media did not exist when i was 16 my ass would probably still be on an apology tour to this day if it was pc culture has killed the internet it has killed everything that we stand for in society. So this Aaron douchebag goes to fucking Bush, <laughs> tells Bush about all the shit that he said and and everything. So then I'm I'm uh, uploading some of the stuff that this Aaron had tweeted. 
over the years. And needless to say, some of these tweets weren't from 11 or 8 years ago or whatever. Like uh, Connors were. So anyways, he goes and he fucking rats on him or whatever. So then Bushlight backs out. And then the Des Moines Register, like, they didn't have to publish it. But Aaron's like, you know what? I, I just felt obligated to let people know the kind of person that they're donating money to. He was donating all this stuff. I mean, he basically ruined any chance of Connor having or being able to donate more money to the children's hospital because he was good at everything that he got he wanted to let it go all the way to the end of the month of September and whatever he contributed then it would all be donated to the Iowa's children's hospital so this Aaron or whatever he's still fucking he decided it was the right thing to do to publish it instead big smear campaign well, the whole thing backfired. And this is where you know when a good story fucking happens and karma takes over. It's the best thing ever. So, anyways, this Aaron... So a lot of people are like, okay, you're going after one of ours. We're going to go after you. And this douchebag liberal fucker motherfucker... Because it all started because Connor was on... Fox and Friends. Well, anybody knows. I'm not trying to make this a post or this a liberal or not. I'm not trying to make it a political post or anything like that. But you know how liberal people are with Fox and Fox or anything with Fox. They don't. They don't watch it. They can't stand it because they're just morons that watch CNN and cry in their safe space. So, anyway, so. He, that's why he went on and started digging on, on Connor to basically smear him, to make him look bad or whatever, and get people to stop donating money to him for fucking sick kids. I mean, what kind of a fucking moron would try to destroy that? I mean, it's it would be a different story if Connor was just going to take all the money and fucking go blow it on a fucking new car or something, you know? I mean, if he was just trying to get profit out of it, but he wasn't doing that at all he all he wanted was a case of beer and he was going to donate the rest to the fucking children's hospital that he wasn't making any money off of this whole deal it's just all jealousy is what it is so a lot of people started doing a lot of digging on this aaron colvin or whatever calvin whatever the fuck it doesn't matter so they start doing some digging on him and they, I, I found a few, um, few tweets that he had posted. Uh, let's see, this one's from the 22nd of July of 2013. He wrote, fuck all cops. Yeah, that sounds like a real upstanding person, you know. Um, this one was tweeted on March 30th of 2010. Now, I don't speak the way this dude does, but it's, it is whatever. So here it comes. Uh, they'd rather give me the nigga, please, nigga, please award 
I'd I'd rather have the I got a lot of cheese award tell it like it is, Kanye. I literally have no fucking clue what this dude is talking about. He's the whitest, fucking nerdiest looking motherfucker that you'll ever fucking see. And I'm going to put his picture on this thing so you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, then he went on September 9th of 2016. He wrote, fuck the NYPD. Because a rapper designer was arrested in New York City on drugs and weapon charges. So yeah, he uh, he he's definitely not he's a he's a fucking hypocrite. Is what he is. He den he demeaned fucking Carson, who fucking completely regretted it. Fucking apologized to like a whole fucking went on national television and fucking to, to apologize for his tweets. I mean, he's a 24-year-old kid. He fucking learned from his mistakes. He's the kind of kid that I would want my young kids to fucking grow up to be. They learn from their mistakes. They, they grew as a person and a human being. And they're just a lot better person nowadays. So then the final tweet that he made, which was on June 6th of 2011, and he was retweeting some Valentino dude. Anyways, he said, Too many of these nigga bitch made nowadays. Don't pardon my French. Yeah, we won't pardon your fence. We'll just punch you in your fucking face, fucking douchebag fuck. I can't stand people like this that are just looking for, looking out for themselves or whatever. So, anyway, so the story went viral and fucking blew up in this Aaron dude's face big time. Like... I think he's probably going to get fired, if anything. Um, I know Bush Light, they started backpedaling. I think the whole situation was, like, Bush Light didn't... They didn't realize how big this was going to get. And I just don't think they wanted to match a million and a half dollars or whatever. Um, so they are like... I think the last time I checked that they said that they were going to... Well, okay, they said that they were going to offer up to $350,000 to the charity. Um, and then the latest thing i just seen, that they are now going to continue to match everything. Because I think they just had such bad publicity after they pulled out like a little bitch. But I think the damage is already done. It's too little too late on their part. So, um, I, I don't even drink. I, I'm nine years sober been sober for well almost nine years I should say um it took a long time to get sober I did drink a lot of bush light in my day but it's pretty much piss water so I wouldn't drink that shit even if I was still drinking but um yeah this Aaron dude he he deserves all the karma that's coming to him right now 
and the editor. They both need to be fucking fired. And uh, the Des Moines Register should just fucking open up their wallet and fucking donate a million dollars to the fucking children's charity or children's hospital or whatever. Because these kids need all the money and help that they can get. Um, other than that, I mean, Carson fucking, he made out like a bandit on this whole situation for anything. He fucking got even more donations because of this. Um, a lot of people are like making shirts calling him the, the, the Iowa legend, Carson King, which he is, you know, I mean, the dude is definitely probably an inspiration to a lot of people, me including, included or whatever. Um, I know they said that on September 28th, um, it's going to be declared, uh, Carson King Day. And, uh, Carson was also invited with him, I think his, his brother and his nephew were all invited to Iowa City, f uh, for the Iowa Middle Tennessee game, um, so they could do the, the wave at the kids after the first quarter. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Um, so, that's pretty much what's going on this week. And, uh, sorry, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast because we don't have Ben fucking trying to kill himself drinking water on, uh, on the air. So maybe when he comes back either next week sometime, we'll get him back on here and, uh, see if he can do it again. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Ben. Hopefully, hopefully you're fine. So anyways, I'm the Gorilla Man. Thank you for listening to the B&B Sports Show podcast along with the Gorilla Man podcast. And uh, we'll come back next week with uh, more predictions on week five and week six of the NCAA football. So, I'm the Gorilla Man. Peace.